Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Good day, and welcome to Witham's Lodging Insights and Innovations podcast. My name is Lena Combs. I'm a partner here at Witham and the practice leader of the firm's hospitality services team. Today, I have with me Stuart McCollum, who is a partner and practice leader of our Consumer Product Services Group. Today, we'll be talking about the Work Opportunity Tax Credit, or WOTSE, for the lodging industry. Thanks, Stuart, for being here. Hey, thank you for having me today. Yeah, glad to talk to you today. So, of course, in the accounting profession, we love acronyms, right? Uh, So we have to shorten everything. So the Work Opportunity Tax Credit, which we'll be referring to as WOTC today for the sake of everyone's ears. Um, For those who aren't familiar with the credit, can you sort of explain to us what what it is? So WOTC has been around in various forms for more than 20 years. And ultimately, it is a program that was designed to help certain communities within the United States become more employable, ultimately, right? So everybody is kind of familiar with workfare or welfare, right? For people that are not working, this was a program designed to help take some of those recipients and incentivize employers to bring them onto private payrolls. Great. So so why should management and operators within the hospitality industry consider the WOTC and how can it be utilized? So most people over the last few years, especially in the hospitality space, are familiar with the Employee Retention Tax Credit or PPP or things of that nature, thought that it was this amazing giveaway that was one time. Well, the fact of the matter is WOTC has been providing millions and millions of incentives to employers for the last 20 years, right? And it's millions and millions annually for more than the last 20 years for hiring certain uh, certain uh, communities or protected classes that we'll discuss later on in this podcast. But the effort that goes into it is not that great relative to some of the rewards that those in the hospitality space can uh, can experience by participating in this program. Right. So what types of employees for are eligible for employers to utilize the credit? We could get pretty technical here, right? So I will, I I will, (laughs) and, and, you know, government uh, programs and accountants love to get super technical. I'll try to keep this as vanilla as possible and say there are certain veterans, right? So if you're honorably discharged, they qualify, uh, Former felons, right? Formerly incarcerated when they get out, they would be, they would qualify for this. Uh, Summer youth employees, uh, (coughs) applicants that were on means-based assistance or long-term family assistance, uh, supplemental social security type programs. uh, And then in particular, I think where we saw a lot of applicants over the last few years qualify is supplemental nutrition assistance programs. So like in this state, Florida, for example, we have WIC, um, which a lot of mothers qualify for. This would then be a qualifying 
uh, or a targeted group that WOTC would uh, deem to be eligible. So realistically, anybody that's been on government assistance at some point in the in the recent history, including the long term unemployed, which I think is those that are, have been unemployed for six months or longer would all qualify. Right. Again, the, the, the core of the program is to try to take somebody that the federal government has been supporting or state governments have been supporting and move them to private payrolls. Right. Great, that's great clarification. So does a company have to be of a certain size to take advantage of the credit, a certain amount of payroll, certain number of employees? In theory, no. So General Electric could take advantage of this just the same as a food truck that has three employees could take advantage of this. There is some filing requirements, right, that to participate with the program you have to adhere to and there's probably this middle area where if you are just large enough that you need an HR manager but you don't have an HR manager this might create some headaches for you but otherwise this program is open to all private payrolls private employers in the United States right that's great so in in simple terms hopefully if we can if if we can, um, how is WOTC calculated and what's um, second part of that question? What's the maximum credit amount that a company can receive per employee? So how it's computed. Well, we'll just start from the beginning. You, when you hire an employee, you have 28 days to certify with the state that they are actually eligible. So that is, for example, if somebody is an honorably discharged veteran, you have 28 days from the day that you hire them to provide their honorable discharge papers. And then the state says, all right, we've certified it, we're good to go. You do not need to track it anymore as an employer. At that point, the government has flagged this employee on your payroll as being Watsi eligible. And then that compensation that you pay to that individual goes toward the generation of a credit. You would need to have them employed a certain period of time, right? If you hire somebody and they work for you for a week, that's not going to be eligible. If you have them work for you for six months, okay, now we're starting to generate the credit. If they, if they work for you for I think it's 12 weeks. Anything beyond that, you start to generate credits. Those credits are based upon how much you pay the employee. So if you have. Again, we'll stick with the government contract or the uh, the former veteran. You bring them on and they have a two hundred thousand dollar a year job working for a. outsourced security firm, right? They're going to generate a credit that's close to the maximum and the maximum is based upon the state, but there are states that allow up to $9,800 per hire. So if you hire, for example, if you're Northrop Grumman, right? A, a very large company that hires a lot of veterans, they can generate substantial credits from this because they're hiring a significant amount of those that qualify and they're paying a lot. So is that $9,800 per year? So it is a one-time 
Okay. It is a one-time incentive that you earn. However, the turnover counts. So let's just say we have a company that has one employee, right? And we'll say that they were, we only hire those that are long-term unemployed and we give them $100,000 a year. And we, we hire a person, we employ them for six months, <clears throat> we max out the credit. Let's say it's $9,800. We'll just say it's $7,500 for argument's sake. That person is either terminated voluntarily or involuntarily. And we hire another person that qualifies. Let's say another long-term unemployed person. And then they work another six months. Well, we can generate then that $7,500 for employing each of those persons six months twice. So we get it for the first person as well as the second person. So okay. we could generate a total of $15,000 of incentives for that one role because we filled it twice with somebody that qualified. That is different from, let's say, the ERC or the PPP where, no, it was, you had that person, you get credit once. Here you can get credit as many times as you hire that role. So if you are in the hospitality industry, right, and you have a uh, a chef that tends to get paid well, but it's also experiencing turnover at your hotel in your hotel's kitchen, you can generate that credit for as long as this program exists and as long as that role is turning over in an interim that allows you to generate the credit, which is this is why I was saying, you know, PPP and ERC, everybody had heard about but there is significant amount of funds being paid out to this program every year that many business owners are not aware of. Well, certainly uh, with the amount of attrition and turnover that we've been seeing the last year or two, right? Um, the higher that goes, the more opportunity there might be. Maybe there's a silver lining in the great resignation somewhere. Not sure where, but so, <clears throat> To further that, as a result of the pandemic, you know, the hospitality's experienced extensive labor shortages, uh, as most businesses have. And so as they continue rehiring employees, what best practices should management consider to, you know, keeping this credit in mind and to be able to utilize the full benefits available to them? Most executives we talk to say, uh, don't worry about my Watsy. My current accountant takes care of it at the end of the year. That, so once I hear that, I know that they're not really participating in it. So with Watsy, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you have 28 days from when that person is hired to certify that hire. <clears throat> so if you hire somebody today, and let's just say they are a person on means-based assistance that's long-term unemployed and a veteran, by all situations, they're qualified, but you don't certify it with, with the state within 28 days, that credit is lost forever. <clears throat> so this is a program that does take some proactivity to participate in. It's not like a PPP or ERC that you file for it whenever year end, whenever you get your payroll tax return, we'll go ahead and do it. This does require you to stay on top of it, <clears throat> which is why I was saying that some of the firms that are just big enough for companies are just big enough that they probably need an HR manager, but they don't have, this is where they struggle, right? Because you have to stay on top of it. But for those that do have 
an HR team or an HR manager or somebody that oversees hiring, these bonuses, these incentives that we generate from participating in this program, I feel like could be used as an incentive to those HR managers to stay on top of this, right? So for example, if you were the HR manager of a large hospitality group, I said, Lena, here's the deal. You know, if we can clear more than $100,000 a year in Watsi credits, I will give to you and your HR team $7,000. And if we clear more than $200,000 of these credits, you can participate, you know, for $15,000 for you and your team or something of that nature. Because HR managers already have at least one full-time job. Many of them wear many hats within these organizations. Yeah. But if you can put a structure, a process in place where people are being incentivized for staying on these programs, the upside for these organizations in the hospitality space could be massive. Sounds good. Sounds like some some money's being left on the table that people definitely need to know about and uh, get active, proactive in uh, going after to the extent Without, that Oh, without can. a doubt, when you think about Watsi eligibility, Watsi eligibility, about 20 to 25% of those in the United States are eligible. Whether you certify or not is up to you. So Stuart, uh, to the to the point of the conversation that we just had, are there any companies out there or strategies that some of these smaller organizations can implement where it might be onerous on the team that they have to apply for, identify, and keep track of the credits? Are, are there some systems out there that can be helpful to them? Some payroll providers offer this service, although you need to make sure that you're again, you're staying on top of it, right? Just because you have everybody has access to this program now, and most people generate precisely zero dollars from the program. So telling your payroll provider that you want to participate again without having the processes in place doesn't pay the dividends that you're expecting. I know here at Witham, we're actually developing a tool, an automated tool, such that it reduces. If you look at Watsi, the actual application, it suggests that certifying and participating in the program amounts to six hours per applicant. Well, I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know any HR manager that's got six hours times however many people they've hired that month in any month to stay on top of it. So there are some tools like here at Witham we're producing right now and going to market with an automated tool such that the time requirement is probably five minutes a month, 10 minutes a month compared to six hours. And that we're seeing kind of as a democratization of this for middle market hospitality and restaurant companies out there that for which they can generate six, seven figures of these credits a year, but just don't have a process in place currently. Right. So you can reduce the time. You still have to have someone who's keeping track of the process and, and you know, initiating it and that type of thing, but it reduces the amount of time required to actually get the benefits of the credit. Correct. And that's the biggest hurdle, right, is there's not enough time. Time is infinite. There's just not enough of it. That is a true statement. Well, thank you so much, Stuart, for joining me today and talking about this timely, although 20-year-old topic, um, providing your insights to the lodging industry. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please reach out to us through withem.com backslash hospitality.